You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. Our guest today is Larry Levy. He is co-founder and CEO of Lucid Green. We're going to talk to him about the world of cannabis, the world of operations and process and data. They have some really interesting approaches to managing, tracking items, tracking data through the entire supply chain, really for all sorts of purposes. But it's fascinating kind of where we are given the nature of cannabis and and how many steps it has and how regulated it is. This ends up becoming a pretty complicated problem. And obviously, you know, as this industry grows, you know, these things are becoming more and more of an issue and these kind of solutions are going to become more and more important. So excited for this conversation, learn some more, get some insights uh, and hear how the business is going. So with that, Larry, welcome to the program. Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate you uh, having me on and uh, look forward to discussing this over the course of the next little while. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure. So before we dive into what you're doing with Lucid Green, I'd love to get a little bit of background. How did you get, I guess, how did you get into this kind of technology space? How did you get into cannabis? What's the story? Uh, well, how long have you got? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, this, is, this is my fourth startup from the ground up. So um, I keep telling people that I'm unemployable. So I have to keep building businesses. So, yeah, I mean, I got into this space because I sold my last company in 2016 and then just got involved uh, investing and working with a number of companies in the IoT space, that's Internet of Things, Mm -hmm. the kind of the crypto, you know, space and the digital out-of-home space. And as I got involved with those three technologies, I kind of saw this merging of what was happening with blockchain and internet of things and how it could apply to kind of online and digital marketing and 2018 started pulling together the underlying tech got hold of uh, who is now my co-founder paul Bardo, and and he was a guy i actually wanted to put into one of the companies that i'd uh, i'd invested in and said to him hey paul you know here's an interesting idea, concept, this is what we're thinking of doing, but it's in cannabis. And he's like, well, let me tell you my story. You know, <laughs> I uh, basically had got into a bad skiing accident, had to trade off, you know, whatever um, yeah. kind of uh, uh, opioids they were giving him. And uh, that's how he got into cannabis. And so this was a really good use case for us. And he was the perfect person coming out of Google I then had my uh, technologist that I've used for my startups, Dana Spiegel, come in as the CTO. 
And so between the three of us, we kind of created the first version of this. Interesting. Which was complicated. And, and we can go into that in a little bit more detail because really the whole idea was to try and create transparency in the entire cannabis supply chain. Yeah. Well, so before we dig into that, let me just sort of um, get a little more color on, on how that played out. So, I mean, for you personally, how did this kind of getting involved in cannabis play out? I always find that, you know, it, it can pose some challenges for people, you know, professionally, personally. Like, how, how was that for you? Did, was that an issue? Did you have to have some discussions? What was that like? It's a very interesting question. I kind of there are two pieces to the puzzle. The reason I looked at applying this technology and solution to cannabis is because there was no permafrost to thaw. So if we look at any other industry, right, if you take the beverages market, if you take mm -hmm. the healthcare market, if you take the, you know, the um, footwear market, any of these other markets, you know, they're just, you know, you've got 60, 70 years of ingrained supply chain, which you have to melt first before you can actually get them to move into something new. With cannabis, it was just the opposite. We could basically um, create our own destiny because nothing was there in the first place, right? Yeah. So there's just there's a greenfield opportunity. So that's the one piece. The other piece of the equation is, and, and this still is, it, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so damn frustrating because I was notified by our bank last oh, yeah. Friday this is now the fourth time this has happened to me. I do not touch cannabis. I do not sell cannabis. And yet I can't keep an account open for more than hmm, two years. Yeah. So, you know, and we constantly have this issue personally. I mean, this is me, you know, who's I, I've, I've had relationships with banks for 20, 30 years. Yeah. I get this 30 day letter and I speak to a person who I've been doing business with for 20 years who says, Sorry, can't do anything. Like this is out of my hands. <laughs> and what? And so, because they're saying that you're dealing in cannabis somehow, and they're they're going to. We're a you. level two cannabis-related industry. And they're not, they, they're they've not even given it. it a name now. It's level yeah. two. Before it was just you know, sorry, we can't tell you anything about it. Now they tell me I'm a level two. Okay, I guess maybe that's a step in the right direction. <laughs> I yeah. Well, it doesn't. You know what? It's the same concept. It's the same end result. They still close yeah. the damn account. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, so as, as you kind of got involved in cannabis, I'm curious, what part of your professional background, experience, training, were you able to kind of directly apply and leverage and which pieces didn't really transfer so well because, you know, just because of the nature of cannabis? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm a digital guy. Everything I've done has been, you know, software and bits and bytes related, right? I'm, I'm not good at atoms. I'm good at bits and bytes. And so, Moving into this industry, which has been tremendously analog based, right? Yeah. Until eight years ago, people didn't want to know how to be found. <laughs> yeah. You didn't want a digital footprint. You didn't yeah. want a way of people finding out who you were and what you were doing. Exactly. The <laughs> whole thing it. was analog. Hide as well as you can. Hide it. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, you want to know where I live or where I to come, you know, go to the treehouse, turn right <laughs> at the red, you know, the red post box. Wind down the window, and if you smell weed, you're in the right place. Yeah, exactly. Changing that has been difficult. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And and what? So, give us some more detail on like how did you see 
like how did this problem appear to you and like how, how did it kind of evolve right like sort of seeing this hey it looks like there is you know a lack of ability to kind of track things like i guess how, how did it originally present to you and how did it how did you evolve kind of the idea you know of what you were actually going to solve for the industry yeah so so this may get a little complicated so just kind of that's fine go ahead tell me so there, there are two pieces to the equation here. The first piece of the equation is, and we look at everything, or I look at everything from a consumer first perspective, right? So looking at this as a consumer, the first thing I realized is this is a complex plant. You know, it reacts differently based on people's end, own endocannabinoid system. Mm -hmm. You know, you can be, this has nothing to do with you being a male or a female or weighing, you know, 180 pounds. You can be a 250-pound male and five milligrams is too much. Yeah. You can be this 150-pound waif who is quite comfortable with 15, 20 milligrams. So this whole idea behind trying to understand how you get some form of consistency and reliability in the experience was, I believe, the big nut for us to crack. And by the way, we're still on this path because people are still so fixated on high THC levels, and it's absolutely the wrong thing to be focused on, Yeah. especially where this industry is not going to be built on more stoners smoking more weed. Yeah, it's going exactly. to be built on the fact that you, me, our respective you know, spouses, the people we know around us are using this for you know, weird and wonderful things, sleep pain, enjoyment, whatever the case may be. So this idea initially from a customer first perspective is how do I know what I'm taking so that I can have a safe, consistent and enjoyable experience? Yeah. So that's how kind of that was the, the, the one side of the coin. Mm -hmm. The other side of the coin, we looked at the supply chain piece and realized very quickly that here was an industry, a nascent industry, that in most cases was more regulated than the aerospace industry. <laughs> yeah. And why? Well, because people want to get the tax, or the government wants to get the taxes, right? Mm -hmm. So this ability to actually now start to see how we can leverage this plumbing that has been forced upon this industry in the right way became the mechanism for helping solve that first problem with the consumer. What were the challenges that started to come up? Like as you really kind of looked at how you're going to solve the problem, like what became apparent as you were going to need to overcome some these things in order to really kind of solve this problem? Yeah. So there was the first the first issue was and, and this is um, I, there's 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 a very famous kind of enterprise selling technique, which, you know, talk it's called the challenger sale yep and i don't know if you're familiar with it i am i've had matt dixon on my other podcast <laughs> oh, you've had, oh great cool okay so so this is a classic challenger sale you know kind of case yeah. study where what you're doing is you're helping people understand that they have a problem that they never realized they had or they never realized they could solve yeah and that you really you know, happened to have the solution. So that was part of the issue. The part of the issue was going to the retailers, going to the brands and saying, listen, guys, like, let's just make some 
small changes to what you're doing and you're going to get massive benefits. So the ability when you're putting this regulatory label on the pack, which you are mandated to do by law, why don't you stick on a QR code that is unique to that particular item, which can be used by everybody subsequently in the supply chain. So the distributor can use that same code. The retailer can use that same code. The consumer can use that same code. So this is akin to really getting this industry to stop using single-use plastic because in the same vein, this is yeah. taking the same code that you're using at inception on the regulatory label and allowing everybody in the supply chain to both append information to that mm -hmm. and to use it for whatever they need to do downstream, whether it's a consumer scanning that code and getting dosage, usage, and confirmation that this is a legitimate product, mm -hmm. or whether it's the retailer that is using that same code on checkout. So they don't have to stick another sticker on the product when they bring it into their inventory. So, so they can actually use it, their point of sale. Exactly. They can scan yeah. their point of sale. Got it. Exactly. So this took, and look, changing an industry is not for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> there are, there are so many, there are so many different facets of people who just want to keep the status quo, don't believe in it, or really just are completely blind to the fact that you can save and enhance an entire industry by making a small change. And that's what we've had to do. We've had to convince people that by making the small change, which I know from a, um, an operation process perspective is minuscule. Mm -hmm. Everybody downstream, including the consumer, gets this huge benefit. Now, what makes this so interesting, Bruce, is the fact that, not sure if you're familiar with GS1, so GS1 yeah. is, is the uh, global standard for barcodes, right? Okay. So every single product has a barcode on it, right? Yep. And they are responsible for setting the kind of the template for what the different fields mean on that barcode okay. so that anybody in the world can scan a barcode and get the information they need. Mm -hmm. they, are, they are so excited about what we're doing because their philosophy, their belief is that everything should be tracked at an each level. And Lucid Green is standing up an entire industry to show the value and the power of this kind of solution so that they can go back and apply this to every other vertical. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break to hear some words from our sponsors. And now back to our program. And let's talk about the actual solution. So we're talking about a QR code. How, like, walk us through the actual process for getting this in place and what needs to happen and what technical work have you had to do to actually make this possible? Yeah, so the, 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 the kind of, the, the, there were multiple little jujitsu moves that we had to put into place here. The one was realizing that these brands and these processes were not going to stick another label on their product. 
that costs 18 to 37 cents. Yeah. So by incorporating the unique Lucid ID onto the regulatory label was the first real aha moment that has allowed us to scale. And so the way that it works is every brand that is on the Lucid platform has the ability to control the printing of their regulatory labels through the Lucid platform. And what they do is they have all the product information that they require, that they put on their packaging, that they communicate to bud tenders. All of that information actually gets uploaded digitally. We then have agreements now with over 300 labs. So we get all the COA results mm -hmm. from these labs digitally. Yep. So when it comes to the operators on the line printing out these regulatory labels to stick on pack, all they do is they enter the SKU, the batch, the number of labels to print, and they hit the print button. And out comes this well-formed regulatory label with all the THC, CBD tested variable mm -hmm. data together with a unique QR code for that each. For that batch or for that individual? No, item? for that individual item. For that individual Correct. item. Correct. So, and yep. this, so the, the process before this would be, they were still printing out They were still printing out labels. the regulatory labels, yes. You're, you're just now, you're, you're just adding the QR code and you're making it easier for them because you're pulling the test data directly from the exactly. lab so they can just hit this is, this is the SKU, this is the lot, or this is the batch, and you'll yep. look up yep. the COAs. Exactly. That's and exactly so then they, right. they are, they're already putting a label on. They're just putting now a label that you've generated that has a unique QR code. And so now that, that it's on there, how if it goes to you know distributor, how does a distributor actually work with it? Okay, so there's, there's, a, there's one other step that okay. happens, which is a casing step. So what happens is, as these products come off the line, they get these regulatory stickers applied to them. Yep. What then happens is there is a casing process where it goes through a scanner and it gets loaded into a case. Mm -hmm. Every product then gets digitally associated with what's called a Lucid case ID. So you have the Lucid IDs, which are the eachers, going into a case, and there is a case ID. And there is a logical link created between what's going into the case and the case ID. So now they seal that case and that case never gets opened again. So what happens is that case then goes and they then digitally apply the what's called the the package UID, which is the in, like in most cases the metric ID yeah. that goes from the manufacturer to the distributor, right? So whenever a product changes licensee, uh -huh. you know, changes ownership. That's how the state tracks where this thing's going. So that's the whole track and trace, you know, whether it's metric or, you know, any of these other players, yeah. biotrack, whatever. Yeah. So as it moves from the manufacturer, the manufacturer then digitally puts the regulatory ID on into the lucid case ID, right? So they are now, you've now created that link digitally. This now gets received by distributor. So now the distributor has 500 cases, which they're then going to do what's called sublotting. So they're then going to sublot them into, you know, cases of 10 and send it out to 50 retailers. Yep. All they do 
is they then put on the metric manifest that supports the order, the, dis the uh, dispensary order, that order UID then gets applied digitally as well. So they go through and they do their pick pack. Mm -hmm. And as they're doing their pick pack, this, you know, this case ID gets this metric tag. This case ID gets that metric tag. All of that is done digitally. Mm -hmm. So when the retailer receives it, the retailer then scans the case ID and all of the individual Lucid ID information, including the actual Lucid IDs themselves, the descriptions of the products, the digital images, the COAs, everything, the, 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 you know, the terpenes, the cannabinoids, et cetera, et cetera, can all be now uploaded into the POS system by a single scan. So they're hitting your server. Basically, you're, you're taking the IDs, you're creating a data record, and then they're attaching things to the data record on your server. So each of these parties are coming back to you to, to get whatever metadata they want to have. To append data and receive data. Yeah, exactly. Got it. So, so then when, when the, the retailer has received this case and has scanned the case and has, take, has now got all this information uploaded into their POS system, they crack open the case and they just take the, the uh, individual products, 24 products, now go from that case straight onto the shelf. Yep. And when they get onto the shelf and somebody scans that product, either the bud tender or the consumer scans that product in the store, they will get all the information that the brand wants them to see about that product. And by the way, this thing doesn't have a bad hair day. It treats Friday the same way as it does Monday. Yeah. And so all of this information is consistently delivered based on brand sanctioned information. Got it. So, so the kind of the public data that a consumer, the consumer, the consumer data, scans exactly. it is whatever the brand has control over what goes what goes on there. Like the consumer right. isn't going to see all the metadata associated with the transfers Correct. and you know where this product came from and it was shipped from here to here on this date and things like that. You've got it. That's exactly it. So depending on who you are, you scan that same QR code and you get different kinds of information. So the retailer at POS scans it and gets all the metric information and all the Lucid ID information, et cetera, et cetera, yep. and all the provenance about that product, whereas the consumer scanning exactly the same code gets a completely different experience. Got it. And that's the power of what it is we built here. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's so, a game changer, not just for this industry, but for every industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I find oftentimes with these solutions, it's like, how do we get adoption? <laughs> how do you get great, great solution, but how do we get people using it? Like how, like what's been your strategy and kind of the process for actually getting adoption, getting this into industry? So let me just finish the process because there's sure. one step that is kind of, so once these products are sitting on the shelf and a consumer can either take the product if it's a state where you can actually hold it or if the bud tender is, you know, showing them a product and then checking out, they take that same QR code, that Lucid ID, to do the checkout, right? So they scan that same yep. code, and that does the checkout process for them. And then the consumer can leave the dispensary, scan the product outside of the dispensary, and do two things. One, validate that this is a legit product, and two, if that brand is participating in a rewards program, claim rewards from that brand, mm -hmm. which then 
add up, they can accumulate up, and it allows them to get free product, free swag, whatever the case may be. So that's finishing that whole process. And it allows the consumer to keep a log of exactly what products they have bought and consumed. And in most cases, a number of people, certainly with certain products like the tinctures and the balms, are actually using the Lucid app to record how they're actually consuming and what they're feeling like on consuming. You know, I took five drops. It made me feel like this. Mm-hmm. on Thursday. Then I did the same thing on Sunday and I took three drops and it made me feel much better. So they come and they do this again in a month. They just look at their app. They look in their dosage log and they can see how much they should take. So it's this entire solution, which is only capable and only possible if you put this little QR code on at the moment of inception. Yeah. And how, so it feels like your your goal is to become kind of the industry standard, but uh, it's tough in these markets. I mean, are, are there competitive solutions that you have to kind of navigate? I mean, how, how are you kind of navigating the becoming the industry standard for data kind of data collection? So by adhering to the GS1 digital link standard, anybody mm-hmm. can write to that and anybody can read the Lucid IDs. So we're not creating this walled garden that they have to be use Lucid IDs and that's the only way you get this benefit. Uh-huh. They can actually, anybody adhering to the GS1 digital link will be able to scan a QR code and get this kind of information. Got it. I come back to one of the questions you asked before, which is how yeah. do you drive adoption, right? Yeah. And, and this is, that's why I love this industry. Firstly, they're very interesting people. <laughs> <laughs> this is, you know, it's, it's very rare that you, you know, you land up at a, business meeting and people are, you know, kind of happy to share, you know, a hit or two while you're having a meeting. And if you don't, then they get a little annoyed. So it's an interesting concept. Part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. So this industry, the adoption that we had to create here was either how do we save you money or how do we make you money? Those are the Mm -hmm. only two things you've got, right? And the benefit of what we've done and the dynamic of what we've created is we were able to, early on, this is going back to about 18 months ago, we sat down with a few retailers and did a time and motion study. And what we found was that this idea of what's called pre-ticketing, which is requiring the brands to put a regulatory the, remember we spoke about the last link, which is from the distributor to the retailer. Mm-hmm. That metric tag or code, retailers were requiring brands to put that on so that the retailers didn't have to do that work. Because the retailers were having all these packages stacking up in their stockroom and in their breakout rooms where they need to sticker them so that they can use it for checkout. Yeah. So this whole process, completely inefficient, right? Yeah. Slows down and just causes absolute havoc. Then if you've got to adhere to FIFO, it, it's, it's, it's even worse. People even just want to take a gun and shoot themselves. Yeah. So going into a retailer and saying, listen, we know that this process costs you anywhere from seven to $20,000 a month per store. Wow. Want to fix that? Who's not going to say yes? Yeah. So just the financial 
you can you can make a pretty good financial argument for folks. Well, it's it's so so we started there, right? Mm-hmm. Then we went to the people, these poor people that are actually doing the stickering, and we said to them, "Hey guys, would life be better if you didn't have to do this?" So if they don't like the business reason rationale, which nobody doesn't, we overlay that with the fact that they land up with much happier employees. Yeah, yeah you take away a bunch of grunt work. Right, That's and then you go back to the brands. And it's like, okay, guys, who wants to go from truck to shelf quickly? Yeah. Again, no brainer. So that's how we were able to get adopted. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess give me a sense of where are you adoption today? Where do you hope to be in the next couple of years? Give us a sense of um, kind of how the industry looks for you. Yeah. So so Q, what are we, Q3 has been an absolute breakout quarter for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the retailers adopting and really leaning in. Some are leaning in with a stick, some are leaning in with a carrot. It just depends, meaning, you know, requiring these codes to be on pack in order for them to receive product. And so we're at a point now where the deals that we've signed to date represent upwards of 250 million units a year in the California market. Mm -hmm. We believe that there's probably somewhere in the order of 1.2 to 1.3 billion products sold in market. Mm-hmm. And so at this stage, we are roughly 20, 25% of that market. And where, and where, do, you, where do you think you'll be in a year or two? Uh, so firstly, we are seeing that there are only, we, of the major brands, we only have two major brands. So by, by major brand, it's a brand doing a million units and above. Mm-hmm. We only have two of those brands that are not on the Lucid platform. Yeah. So then it's just the long tail of, I mean, California is ridiculous in that there are 3,000 brands. We're also going to see huge amount of attrition, which is already happening you know, right now. There's attrition, there's consolidation that's happening. So that 3,000 is going to go down dramatically. And so we'll see us kind of getting the smaller brands on board because if they want to sell through any of the retailers, they're going to need to put this code on pack. Yeah. Interesting. And so that's just for California. Yeah. For, you know, New York, we've been working with the New York state regulators. And guess what? They're now mandating that a QR code is on pack and that QR code has to deliver up certain data. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. So we're already set for this market. Yeah. Makes sense. Larry, this has been a pleasure. If people want to find out more about you, more about Lucid Green, what's the best way to get that information? So go to lucidgreen.io or, you know, happy to anybody email me, Larry at lucidgreen.io. So, you know, our doors are open. We're trying to make this work for the industry so that we can become more efficient at what's happening here and, you know, deliver a better experience for everyone. Excellent. Larry, this has been a pleasure. I'll make sure that the links and info are in the show notes. People can get that. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time today. Excellent. Thanks a lot, Bruce. Glad to be on your podcast. That's it for this episode of Thinking Outside the Bud. Be sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our future episodes. See you next time. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, Download the tools and worksheets and access other great content. Visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter.